As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. This is Thursday night. And tonight we're going to cover the next thing you need to do in any period of a shutdown or isolation, or maybe you're feeling lonely, rather than just feel engulfed by loneliness. How can you fill that loneliness with something really beneficial? And tonight we're going to tell you something so helpful, and you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And you may hate it and you may love it and say thank you for saying it to me because it's really going to be helpful to you. I know that. But I'm here with Denise Renner and I'm here with Maxime Yasnikov and we've just been talking about our dogs and our life and having a good time. <laughs> and we're glad that you finally joined us. Thanks, guys, for letting us be with you. And before we get too far into this, I want to remind you about the free download called How to Navigate a pandemic and other coming periods of isolation. Denise said, Rick, we're kind of at the tail end of the pandemic. Isn't this a little late? Well, the rest of it says other coming periods of isolation. There's always opportunities to feel isolated in life or alone, and you need to know how to navigate it. For example, <laughs> I do not do well in a quiet environment. I have to know how to navigate a quiet environment. You know where I write my books? I write many of my books in cafes because I need noise. I don't do good when it's just quiet. Or if I'm writing my books at home, Denise, what do I do? Well, let's see. There's the, uh, the news is on. Let's see what else. Or is I'm on. playing music. Uh, uh -huh. I'm not listening to any of it, but I don't do well in a quiet environment. So I have to have something going on all the time. We're all different. We're all different. Denise loves it when it's quiet. Maxine just loves to walk out in the forest and pray in tongues. That just sounds like torture to me. People love to go on vacation and lay on the beach. I just cannot do it. If you take me to lay on the beach, it is for sure I will ruin your vacation because I will be miserable there. I just can't do that. I have to find a way to navigate quietness, aloneness. I've got to have a schedule. That's just the way that I am. But many people, when they're in a shutdown or they're isolated, they just linger. Oh, when will this ever be over? What a waste. Time is a gift. Even if you don't like your time, it's time. It's a gift. You can lose money and make money again. But when you lose time, you can never regain time. It's gone. And even in a shutdown, you have time. So you need to know what to do with the time. So that's why I want you to have this free study guide. How to navigate a pandemic and other coming periods of isolation or aloneness. It is just wonderful, my friend. Just go to renner.org or call us. We will get it right to you, and it is free. And order the whole series that goes with it. It is me and Denise together. I'm telling you, these are great programs. I watched them this week. It's going to really help you. It's five parts. It comes in all kinds of formats. And we're offering you my book called Last Day's Survival Guide and my brand new book. And notice how they match. Do you see this? They match. Last Day's Survival Guide. If you don't have this, you need it. But you also need this, which is kind of a follow-up to this. And this is Build Your Foundation. Six must-have beliefs for constructing an unshakable Christian life. God wants you to survive the end times, and he wants you to have a foundation that will hold you up through anything. 
and this book will really help you know what are the six must-have beliefs. You must have them in order to have an unshakable Christian life. And you can order this right now by going online or give us a call. And if you need prayer, remember that we want to pray for you. We really want to. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, if two of you will agree about anything, I'll do it. Let us know how to pray. We'll agree, and Jesus will do it. Amen? Amen. Denise, you look good in your spotted top. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> welcome to Home Group. Thank you, Rick, and Home Group, welcome, and thank you for spending this time with us. I, I believe that these, this time together, especially this week, is so practical. And while Rick was just talking a while ago, I thought, you know, repetition is, a, is, is an aid to learning. And so the more that we hear this and the more that we hear it, the deeper down it gets inside of us and that we start making these changes. And that's why I want to encourage you to either, you know, get the study guide or get the series because we need these truths to be deep down inside of us. You know, in Russian, we have a phrase, repetitia eta is the mother of learning. Mad uchenya. Repetitia eta mad uchenya. It's the mother of learning. Mm -hmm. And when you hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it, you get it in you. You know, it's interesting because Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll show you things that come. That word show really means to rehearse. Hmm. He'll tell it to you and tell it. He'll rehearse it to you and rehearse it to you and rehearse it to you. Hmm. God knows we need to hear and hear and hear. And how does faith come? Faith comes God by hearing. The Greek says hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing. So this is good for us. So here's a new phrase. Repetitia et amat uchenia. Repetition, it's the mother of learning. Maxime, welcome to Home Group. I'm thankful to be here. And I was about to say that. It's funny you said it before I said it. Yeah, we Russians have this saying, the re repetition is the mother of learning. And the things you're saying are very practical. I look forward to what you're going to say today. Thank you very much. Well, tonight we're going to do the fourth thing you can do in a lockdown or in any period of aloneness or isolation. It is so practical. You're going to say amen and oh... Me, oh my, at the same time. Here it is. Use this time, are you ready? To get work done and to wrap up projects. But in Luke 21, 11, Jesus said, there shall be pestilences, shall be. He was speaking futuristically. The word pestilence, the plural form of the word loimus is the word loimoi. It describes old diseases that have had life breathed in through them again or newly emerging diseases or pandemics. And Jesus said this will be indicative of the end of the age. And because it is plural, it potentially means that there will be more coming. It really does mean that. I don't want to be a bearer of bad news. I'm just repeating what Jesus said. It's not my words. It's Jesus' words. So there could be more pandemics. There could be more quarantines. There could be more lockdowns, which we certainly do not want. But Jesus said there could be. And if not, there's other kinds of isolation. Maybe you're just stuck at home. Maybe the car is broken. Maybe it's snowing outside and you can't get out. It's bad weather. It's raining. You're in the house. You're stuck there. What are you going to do with it? Well, it might be an answer to your prayer. You have said, one of these days when I get time, I'm going to clean my garage. Huh? I just heard somebody say, uh-oh. Or you said, one of these days when I get time, I'm going to just organize my closet. <laughs> 
One of these days, when I get time, I'm going to fix that wallpaper that's fallen off the wall, and I'm going to clean the tiles in that bathroom. One of these days, I'm going to paint that room. And now, one of these days is here. You have time. I want to read a verse to you. Are you ready for this, guys? Proverbs 24. Oh, this is a great one. Proverbs 24, verse 30. I went by the field of the slothful. Pause. Okay, we already know this is going to be serious. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Verse 31. And lo, <laughs> it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the fence thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Verse 32. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Verse 33, yet a little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Verse 34, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. It basically means when you sit around and do nothing and don't take care of things, they fall apart. And when they fall apart, they really fall apart. And you feel like you are under assault, but you're under assault because you allowed things to fall to pieces. Well, if you've been saying, I really wish I had time, now you have time. You have time. And I want to tell you a story. When we were first starting our traveling ministry, we were really getting busy and traveling. I was preaching 450 times a year. And God enabled Denise and me, this was almost 35 years ago, to buy a beautiful house in Tulsa. Oh, we were so proud of our house in a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood near the golf course. And, oh, it was just so wonderful. But I was traveling all the time. And when I came home, I really didn't pay attention to the condition of our yard. But our yard was bad. <laughs> the Bermuda grass was scorched. There was a dead tree in the corner, a big elm tree. It was so hideous. The flower beds were all grown over. Lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken. The weeds were growing through the cracks in the sidewalks. And I just didn't think about it, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And one trip, we came home, and when I walked to the front door, there was an envelope taped to the front door. So I pulled it off and opened it, and it was a note from the neighborhood garden club. I didn't even know we were in a garden club. I didn't know it either. But everybody had perfect yards. I mean, really. Yeah, they did. Beautiful. It just looked like landscaped gardens, except our house. And it was all. And our house was the most visible house. You had to drive past our house to get to all those beautiful houses. And the note said, basically, Dear Mr. Runner, while you're out teaching the Bible and saving the world, you've totally lost your reputation in your neighborhood. Would you please do something about your yard? Signed, the Garden Club. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. That night, that night, I dug up that dead tree. 
And Denise, do you know when that was? Right before I took my first trip to the Soviet Union. Two days later, I was going to the Soviet Union on my first trip. I spent those last two days tearing through that yard, going through. And every time the neighbors drove by on the way to their houses and they saw me in the yard, I know they were thinking, he must have read our note. I was so embarrassed. And every time I read this, that's what I think about. Well, the easiest thing would have been for me to mow the yard to start with. The easiest thing would have been to water the yard before the grass burned up. The tree never had to die. But I was young, busy, just wasn't thinking about it. And I'm telling you, our yard was a disaster. There came a moment when it was time for me to take action. And I did. And from that time until now, nobody could ever accuse us of having a yard that was grown over. I mean, our yard is perfect. But maybe it's not your yard. What about your garage? Can you walk in your garage? Or is it one of those places where you just keep putting more stuff and shutting the door? Would you ever want a friend to go in your garage? Do you want to go in your garage? Do you know what lives in your garage? <laughs> How about your closet? When you walk in your closet, there's mounds of clothes laying here and laying here and laying here. And You know, I once had a roommate when I was in college. He didn't take care of anything. And he, he was so lazy when it came to his clothes, he would not even put his clothes on a hanger. He would lay his clothes on the floor perfectly. So when you walked in his bedroom, you couldn't see carpet. It was clothes laying everywhere so that he could see his wardrobe wardrobe right in front of him and piles of clothes. And when, once when I went in his bathroom, I thought I would never get in that bathtub. It just looked like it was grown over with so much. He just needed to take care of it. And if you're one of those people that's been saying, oh, God, I need time to finish a project. Guess what? You have it. You have time. Tear into that garage. Do it. Go into that closet. Just swallow. Get a good gulp of breath and say, I'm going to do it. Go into that closet. Tear that piece of wallpaper off the wall. Clean those tiles. Do whatever you have to do. Or maybe you've been saying, one of these days I'm going to write a book. Just don't have time. Well, guess what? You have time. One of these days, I'm going to learn to sing. I'm going to take voice lessons. Now you have time. You have time. When you're alone, okay, here's your option. Sit there and do nothing. Eat potato chips, gain weight, which 50% of Americans have gained weight in the <coughs> lockdown, 50%. Feel bad about yourself. Think about how you're going to have to buy more black clothes to hide your rolls. Or you can put away the potato chips, lose weight, exercise, tear into the closet, go into the garage, pull out your pen, pull out your computer, begin to do what you've always said you would do if you had time. Now you have time. You cannot say you don't have time. Use it. Denise? Well, when I was in college. Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget your room. Well, my, in my room, I don't remember that so much, but my closet, well, of course, it was tiny. But anyway, 
I seriously had to kind of not run. There wasn't that much room to run, but to move quickly to push the door closed. Denise, I remember peeking in your room, and I thought to myself, is this a joke? I had never seen anything like it. Now, Rick was raised in the perfect house. If, if there was anything wrong with the paint on, on a baseboard, his dad was painting it that weekend. I mean, his house was perfect. Well, my house that I grew up in was clean, but it had a lot of clutter. So that's the difference in how that we grew up. But anyway, back to my closet. So it was really, really bad. And our, this preacher came to our church, our little church, and he said, you know, your closet, how's your closet? He said, that reveals a lot about your character. <laughs> I thought, my character's fine, thank you very much. I, don't, I did not know what you're talking about, about a closet revealing my character. Well, time goes by. Of course, then I just described to you my closet. It was horrible. And, and anyway, the Lord, he's so gracious. Years later, he delivered me from that kind of a, a lifestyle of living like that. Well, my closet right now is very clean, but it, but it takes a decision. And also, I just wanted to encourage you. Somebody many years ago said, if you're going to clean something and you just, it like scares you when you look at it, take everything out. Just take everything out. And of course, it looks horrible after that. Your bed looks horrible after that. And then put it back in and make your, you know, your pile for your giveaway, throw away, keep, put away, and just, you know, just do it and you'll feel so good about yourself. But if you're married, please do it in the first part of the day. Denise recently did that in our closet and I was so proud of her. But when it's bedtime, there were piles all over the bed. I'm telling you, I had to wait because she was really tearing. She, what she was doing was she's telling you. She was making the giveaway pile, the save pile, the redo pile. I was so proud of her. It takes time. But here's the deal. When you do it, you really feel good about yourself, don't you, Denise? Oh, yeah. And I want to give you one clue that I learned. It's kind of fun. By the days of the month, I never told you this, but by the days of the month, you can just look at your life and on the first day of the month, get rid of one thing. Give it away. Throw it away. You probably don't need it. Second day, two things. I mean, by the end of the month... You have you given away or thrown away 30 things. It's, it's just so much fun. So that's, I like that, that idea. You know, Joyce Meyer does that. I think she gives away something every day from her closet. She does give away a lot. She, she's amazing. But this is really helpful. You know, you've been praying for time to do it. You got time. Or maybe your closet's okay. But if you go through the kitchen and you begin to open the drawers... Drawers can be pretty scary because you open a door and you just put something in closet and you open and just put something else in, put something else, and then you can't ever find anything because 
the drawers are just so full of junk that you don't need and ink pens that don't work, oh. keys that you don't know what they go to. Oh, it's true. You got dead mobile phones, you got battery chargers, you don't even know what they go to. Your closets, your drawers just overflowing. You say, oh, but it's so painful to go through all this. Well, choose your pain. It's painful to live with it. It's painful to clean it, but when you clean it, you feel set free. You, oh, really, yeah. you really feel set free. You feel really good. And some people say, and I believe it, that when you have a clean atmosphere around yourself, it makes you think clearer. I believe that's true. You know, we have a friend who says, I'm going to write a book. I'm gonna, that person has been saying they're going to write a book for 40 years. I do not believe that person. When that person says they're going to write a book, I love them very much, but I just kind of tune it out because they've had so many opportunities to do it. They're just not going to do it. You know what? It's either put up or shut up. Have you ever heard that before? And if you've been saying, if I had time, if I had time, if I had time, if I had time, well, now you have time. It's time to put up or shut up. You say, Rick, that seems a little abrupt. Well, you know what? That's kind of how God talks to me. Get with it or just admit you're not going to do it. Anything else is a game. It's, it's very good to be truthful to, with yourself. Very good. And truthful with God. Oh, it's so good to be truthful with God. And we're talking about what to do in a period of aloneness or isolation or a shutdown or a quarantine or a pandemic. You know what, Denise? I know so many people who have turned their shutdown into such a time of productivity. If I just look at my life... What I have done in the last year is mind-boggling to me. But it's because I made a decision. This is it. It's the way it's going to be. That's what the law dictates. So we're going to live within the constraints and turn it into a factory. But that only happened in my life because I made a decision that it was time to seize the moment to get things done, to wrap up projects, and you can do it too. And we just want to encourage you. We don't want you to feel judged. We don't want you to feel condemned. We want you to be provoked to get up and do something. Seize it. And remember to order the free download called How to Navigate a Pandemic and Other Coming Periods of Isolation. We want you to have this because we believe it's going to help you. Amen. Amen. And if you need prayer, should they call us, Denise? They should. You, you should call because there's somebody waiting for your voice that's going to pray with you, love you, encourage you. Or your email. Let your email show up in our inbox. We're going to pray for you. Amen. Maxime, you have a last comment to make? I've been listening to you, and I was thinking about my closet. <laughs> I feel convicted. Oh, my goodness. I feel convicted. I'm going to do something about it. Well, remember, condemnation just feels bad and doesn't do anything. Right. Conviction leads to results. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, thank you for what you said. Amen. Thank you for being honest. Oh, it, well, we're just that. You know what? If you're not honest, you can't help people. We're just here to help people in our home group. Amen, Denise. <laughs> in our home group. Amen. <laughs> Hey, it's time to go to bed. Sleep well. But when we come back tomorrow night, 
we're going to see the last thing you can do during the shutdown, quarantine, or isolation. It's going to be the big one. The big one is something you can do. It's something you should do. It's something you must do. And everybody can do. But that's tomorrow night. Sleep well. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.